Hello and welcome on to another episode of the ISO Ball Podcast with your host, Derek Terrio, your place to learn about the NBA on and off the court. Uh, if you see it on YouTube, you'll see that Nick Raponi is joining me. If not, you'll have to hear the audio of me telling you that I'm joined by Nick Raponi. Uh, Nick, welcome on. It's been uh, quite a while since we, I think the awards pod was the last one we did. Uh, how have you been since then? Yeah, the awards pod's the last one I did. Um, yeah, all things been well. I've just been doing my best, staying in quarantine. Stay home, people. The more yeah. we stay home, the sooner we'll be able to go to sporting events. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. Totally, but um, yeah, totally things have been good, I guess. Uh, yeah, enjoyed the last dance, that's for sure. How about you? Yeah, I definitely did too. And that's what we're here to talk about today. We're going to go through, you know, all 10 episodes of The Last Dance. You know, we'll get a little granular, but we're not going to go like episode by episode and like go like do them all because, you know, I found going back and looking back through all like the stuff that happened, it was tough to, you know, get, like gain all of the granular details and like put it together from episode one through 10. Like there's a lot of stuff I forgot from episode, you know, one and two, I could just kind of take away the big picture ideas and then I had to go and like read some reviews and for sure. just try to remember everything again, you know? Oh, for sure. I'm the same way. Like, I mean, it's 10 episodes, right? Just under an hour each episode. Like it's a decent amount of content. Like you're sure. obviously going to forget some stuff, especially it's not like a TV show. I don't know. It's different, right? It's docs, it's documentary style. So you're definitely bound to forget a little bit of stuff. I did the same thing. I went back and reviewed a little bit of stuff. Yeah, totally. So let's let's start big picture here. Like, what did you think of the doc? And let's let's uh, let's kind of give the qualifier here. I think it's fair to say neither of us watched Michael Jordan in his heyday when he was with the Chicago Bulls. At least I can speak for myself and say I didn't. I well, think mathematically, might... I didn't either. Well, there you go. That's my point. Like, I don't know. Maybe you were watching Michael Jordan when you were four years old in 98. Nah. Like, that's possible. Nah. That's why I didn't want to speak for you. Yeah. But I know you saw Wizards Jordan. Yeah, Wizards know? Jordan I watched. I actually saw him live. I know. But, that's um, what I'm saying. Yeah, but... Um, well, that's that's pretty cool. But that wasn't even mentioned in the stock, and we'll get to we'll get to that a little bit. But overall, having no perspective of watching Jordan live and seeing him, like, what, what did you think? What, what kind of stuck out? What did you take away? Like, from his game or, like, just him as a person? Just wherever you want to go with it. What stuck out to you? Okay, first and foremost, motivation. That guy right. would find anything to motivate himself. He'd make things up, things that didn't even happen. He'd make I wrote it down up a and... list of them. I actually wrote down a list of them. Hey, let's hear it. Let's hear hey, it. There like, was, there yeah, was Jerry on. Krause. Yeah. There was uh, Brian Russell's trash talk uh, when he was playing baseball. There yeah. was Michael Jordan being compared to Clyde Drexler. He didn't like that. Yeah. Jerry Krause said Dan Marley was a good defender. Marley for the Suns. He said, oh, yeah. okay, I'm going to toast him. And yeah. then Carl Malone and Barkley won the MVPs. He's like, okay, if they won the MVPs, I'm just going to go get the championship. 100%. George Carl ignoring him at the restaurant when uh, yeah. he, said, he said hi to him. LeBradford Smith literally just said, nice game, Mike. And that was enough for him to just say, oh, I'm, I'm going to kill this guy. Reggie but there Miller. was one – wasn't LeBradford Smith the one that didn't happen? Yeah, that's what – and that was about – my last one was made-up motivations. Like, some of these might not even happen. Some of these he probably, like – uh, I'm probably missing some. And some of these he might've just made up. Well, like, you missed Isaiah these, Thomas. Yeah. Probably. Like perfect example. Like <laughs> Isaiah, yeah, Isaiah Thomas, I was missing like, well, that was just basically, he just got just, beat up. You yeah. know what I mean? He was just getting but, physically okay, beat up. We'll talk about Isaiah Thomas a little later, but like with Isaiah Thomas, obviously Isaiah Thomas started this feud, but like, come on, Jordan, 
let, let it go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let it go. <laughs> He's never going to let it go. And no. then the last one I had was the Reggie Miller trash talk and then made up motivations, but, th- and I probably missed some, but those are, but you, that's a, it's a good point. Like all of what you said is so true. Like his motivation, like think about how much like you have to gain and like how much you have to suck out of like your surroundings to be able to like fuel that competitive drive for six championships and you know even longer being in the league like you're right the motivation stuck out to me too i totally agree it's insane like that guy that's the big that was the biggest takeaway for me was obviously i knew he was the winner like the guy won realistically for him six straight championships you know what i mean so i obviously we all knew he was a winner if you followed basketball it's just how he got to that spot was like like the motivation everything behind i knew he was a gambler like i knew all that stuff i knew a lot of the okay there was obviously tons of stuff in this last dance i didn't know there's obviously a lot of the stuff too i did know like i knew sure. he was a huge gambler i knew a lot of that stuff too but like all things considered like yeah you knew he was a winner going into this it's just the motivation you didn't know how he got to that point and some of those stories were just awesome in my opinion yeah, totally. No, I, I definitely agree. Like, uh, th- and there was so, and there was so much to, um, uh, like to his motivations too. Like you mentioned, like a lot of them were like made up and he, I think he was just finding things. I think he, like, there was one, remember, uh, when he was like through with his security guards, when he was like throwing nickels or quarters against the wall, uh, yeah. and like he lost to a security guard, the guy that gave like the shrug, the iconic oh, dude, one. That was, I mean, that's a point I had, um, John Michael Wozniak, even the yeah. Jordan shrug, that was the highlight of the entire last dance. Yeah. There was no better moment in the entire last dance than the right. Jordan and like, shrug from Wozniak. But like what I wanted to talk about was like, if you heard, he said he gave the guy four to one odds to beat him. Oh, He's no. like, I'll give you four shots to beat the one, to beat my one. And like, I got the feeling like he just wanted to lose just to be angry. Like he, I don't think he even wanted to win. I think he just wanted to lose to be angry before the game started. Like I, I swear would, to God, like he's this that maniacal of a competitor. I wouldn't put it past him. I really wouldn't put it past him. I, like I love the one star. I think it was Steve Kerr. I could be wrong. How like at the back of the bus or the back of the plane? I can't remember which one. Probably the plane. They were playing big, like putting like thousands and thousands of right. hand, right? Like they were playing big card games. And then at the front of the bus, like Steve Kerr's playing sorry steve kerr and a few of the others playing like buck of hands like one dollar yeah. hands and then jordan comes up and he's just like what you guys playing i want to come play and they're like mike we're playing for a dollar a hand here like you don't want this he's like nah i want to play because i want your money in my wallet like yeah. anything to get that guy know. like that guy would just love competition right it wasn't even about <laughs> and i guess like and i guess that's a good segue into the gambling stuff is like he he always he said like i don't have a gambling problem i have a competition problem for sure and yeah i know i even wrote it down here like i just want to i'm gonna use that quote from now on by the way like whenever like my bet 365 accounts in the hole i'm gonna start using it's a competition problem not a not a bet it's funny. Like it really is. But like, it's, it, it kind of got me worried because like he talks about it and he says, look, my wife hasn't left me. My kids aren't starving. I'm not pawning off my jewelry. I was like, Mike, that's that, like, it's too late by then. Like that's when, that's <laughs> yeah, that's, like, you know what I mean? yeah, that's when you hit rock bottom. Yeah, <laughs> you like, don't want to hit rock bottom. By then. And yeah. you know, obviously he has so much damn money that like, it's, it's ridiculous, you know? So yeah, like even, even, even the thousands of dollars that he's betting, like, it's just nothing to Mike, right? Just cause you know, his money and stuff like that. But like, there was one part like where, you know, he owed some guy like a big ton of money and like it got out into the media and it, mm-hmm. you know, was like overlapping into his career. And now he's having to answer questions about what was his, you know, hobby off the court gambling. And like, you know, this thing that was, a you know, 
a hobby turned into, you know, a bit of a problem for him, uh, you know, on the court, having to answer the questions with this media and stuff like that. So I thought that was an interesting, you know, kind of, you know, dynamic where, you know, Mike's fun on the side really turned out to be a bit of a problem for him, you know, on the court in terms of having to, uh, you know, monitor distractions when trying to perform at his best. I'll say, I'll argue that I'll say like, okay, I agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, I'm going to say he didn't let it affect him at all. Like, because he didn't care. Like he, he was never one of those guys. Like he, like he said, like when people rumor, the only thing that upset him and it would drive me insane too, was when people said after his father was killed, maybe it was a gamble. Right. Dead. That was, terrible. that would, that's that was bad. terrible. That well, would then, that's one of my me. examples, right? Like that's, that'll hit you. That'll hit home. Yeah. Like that'll, that would, that would be, that would be enough to drive me insane. But like, for the most part, he didn't really let it affect him. He was still Mike. He still came out and averaged his 30-plus points a game. He still came out and he won. Like, he, he, in the quest, like, he, I never, I don't think it really affected him at any point in his life. Like, obviously, he owed some money at one point, but there was never a point. I mean, obviously, we don't know. We weren't close enough to Jordan as personal, like, sure. on a personal level. But to me, it didn't seem like there was ever a point where gambling caused problems in his life. Yeah, maybe I'm overstating it a little bit, but that, that example that you said was the one I was thinking of where they, you know, the, the, when his dad died and they thought, oh man, like it's probably connected to his gambling debts. Like that was the one that, that really made me think like, oh shit, like that really hit home. Mm-hmm. And another one, I can't remember who said the quote. I think it was maybe David Aldridge where he said, look, you're going to drive Mike out of this game because you're bullying the guy yeah. with, these, with these damn questions. And so that really Sounds made like a me- DA quote. Yeah, so, like I, it's true. And he was great throughout the stock, I might add. Oh, uh, yeah. Honestly, commentary. he was so great. I felt like in 2K, I always skip him because I just want to play. Like, I just, <laughs> I, I feel bad. It goes from Kevin Harlan to DA, and then you just skip him. It's like, thanks, DA. It's like, yeah, yeah like I, I feel bad skipping him now. I'm going to start listening to him. Maybe he's got some good things to say. He's, he's good. Know. Yeah. He's, it's funny, funny you mentioned that. But yeah, that's really all I meant. Maybe I overstated it uh, a little bit, but it was a big, you know, big part of this, you know, uh, documentary. And there was, you know, quite a bit of, uh, uh, you know, time spent on it. I just want to talk about some of the stuff that I found, you know, quite interesting. I wrote a lot of the, a lot of it. First of all, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was a fantastic documentary. I enjoyed uh, all of it, um, you know, right down from episode one to episode 10. Um, I'd say this document is definitely a lot of pro Jordan. Um, there's not a lot of aspects of Jordan career, but uh, it's Jordan's men. It's from Jordan's perspective, right? right? You know what I mean? Rachel Nichols, I believe is the one who made a big point of that. She said, gotta remember, like, obviously, Jerry Krause has passed away, so we can't get his perspective. Right. Like, this is mostly and they didn't mention get... that, by the way, throughout yeah. the doc, which I thought was really interesting. They yeah. shit on the guy like all for like almost ten episodes, and then they don't even like mention that he's dead. That yeah. was, I was like, come on, man, at least give at least like mention it somewhere that he can't defend himself. No, exactly. I, I like I, I feel bad. Like what's his like what's his face? Um, Reinsdorf tried. Like Reinsdorf did his best to like say what he was trying to say, but. You don't know. Like, we'll, we'll talk about Jerry Carson in a minute. I want to talk about right. him later. I have his own topic, but yeah. Sure. But just some of the stuff that I thought was pro-Jordan is like uh, the, the one that was crazy was the Magic Series where like after he came back from baseball, he had a little bit of the regular season to get his legs back. And then he was playing like from what I looked back and saw, he was playing really good in the Magic Series. Like, and they painted it and uh, Tim Grover, his trainer, and, and like, you know, a lot of media members painted out to be, oh, he just didn't have his legs. Like he just was like, he just wasn't himself after coming back from baseball. When in reality, I think he just got beat by a better team, which was, you know, Penny Hardaway, yeah. incredible player, Shaquille O'Neal, Horace Grant, Dennis Scott. Like this is good players. 100%. This is a good team. Like there's definitely. no shame in losing to that team. Like that team is good. 100%. I think it's a, it's 90% that and then 10% 
baseball yeah. shape and basketball shape is just totally different. You could be an impeccable oh, totally. baseball shape, but it's not great basketball shape. And you could be an impeccable basketball shape, but it's not great baseball shape. So getting the, the transfer of getting in good shape for each sport is I think what takes a while. Like just cause you look like you're physically in good shape and good. He was playing well though. Like he definitely was. It's, so that's why it's 90%, I think. He just lost a little better. Yeah, I definitely don't want to make it seem like that had nothing to do with it. But at the same time, like to say like it was it was everything. Like we're, we're like they're making it seem like it was ninety ten the other way. Yeah, no, exactly. I know, yeah, but it's I don't Jordan's think. perspective, right? Right. Or I guess yeah. I don't know. Jordan yeah. wouldn't, but Jordan wouldn't admit he necessarily wasn't ready physically, but he also wouldn't admit that Orlando was a better team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, that's true, right? No, yeah. I, t- I totally with you on that. Um, Jordan as like the tyrant, like I think we knew, most of us knew this, like going into, you know, the doc that like he berated a lot of his teammates, expected a lot out of them, you know, punched Steve mm-hmm. Kerr in the face. I just wanted to learn a little bit more about like the intricacies, you know, of that because, you know, we, we kind of got to witness that with like, you know, with Kobe, right? Because that's that was kind of yeah. our Jordan, if you will. Right? And, Jr., I didn't re- yeah. and I didn't realize like how similar like the two actually were. Because a lot of what Kobe, a lot of what Kobe did, and obviously we know that he modeled his entire was life, a life after Jordan. Yeah. Um, like, it's a lot of the same. It's a of lot course. Of, it's a lot of the same stuff outside of, of you course. know punching Steve Kerr in the face. I don't know if Kobe did that to anybody, but yeah, um, we don't as, know. Him. Outside of that, it's a lot of the same stuff. Um, and the last thing I, and just from Michael Jordan's perspective, obviously there's other players we'll get into. Uh, I liked that I saw the different sides of Michael Jordan, the way he talked about, you know, his father, you know, after he, after he won the championship on father's day and him crying with the basketball on the floor, that was quite a moment. Um, it was tough to talk about like him as a role model saying like, look, like almost like saying, look, you don't want to be Michael Jordan. Like being Michael Jordan is a very tough job. Like having to go out of course. You know, as soon as he leaves, like into the media, like leaves his hotel room, the spotlight is on him at all times. And it was so tough to even just walk around and you had to walk on eggshells, even though, you know, he got into a little bit you know, of trouble here and there. But um, I think it was just interesting to see the different dynamics of Michael Jordan, because he's a very reserved guy outside of, you know, him crying at Kobe's funeral, the crying at the hall of fame speech outside mm-hmm. of that, you don't really see the different, you know, sides of Mike. Um, no, I agree. For and sure. so it was kind of interesting to see that as well, at least from Mike's perspective. Yeah, no, I totally agree with all that. Like, cause we all know Jordan on the court. We knew a little bit about him off the court in terms of the tyrant he was, but it was nice to get a insider's perspective and what drove him to be that tyrant, you know, like, yeah. that was nice to see as well. Like I know before the documentary, people were saying like, or Jordan, I think it was Jordan said, Oh, you might hate me after this is after you watch the documentary. I gained respect for him. I, I, don't, I, hate him. I don't see why he was saying that. Like, yeah, that was just a dumb kind of thing to know. say in my opinion, but whatever, think, we won't talk about that. Well, I think maybe he was, he was saying that to the, the people who like had zero, zero idea about who Michael yeah. Jordan was. Like, Other they than just he was think a good like basketball just, player. Right. That he's just this go- godly iconic figure. And I know nothing about him other than he's like the best basketball player that's ever mm-hmm. lived. And I'm going to watch the documentary about him. I think Mo, but I agree. I, you know, I learned a lot about him and yeah, I gave some respect for Jordan. Like I definitely did. And it was good to for learn sure. about, you know, uh, you know, kind of, you know, all the different aspects of him and the bulls, even though I didn't get to watch them. Yeah. I, I think another thing I want to touch on here is, is Jerry Krause because Jerry Krause, you know, the general manager of the bulls, you know, former scout for the Chicago white Sox got brought on by mm-hmm. Jerry Reinsdorf and at the beginning of the show, Reinsdorf owns both teams for those correct. who don't know. Yeah. yeah, correct. He owns the White Sox and the Bulls. That's right. And, you know, at the beginning of the show, 
at the very beginning, he, he's painted as like this villain. Like he's painted as this guy that's like holding the bulls back. That's, uh, yeah. And just like, yeah, from episode one. And it really kind of trickles down into, you know, Mike is joking around with him saying like, Oh, those diet pills, like, Oh, you want to shoot layups with us? We'll lower the rim. Uh, you know, Scotty Pippen, like making fun of him at the back of the bus. Like he, he really like, he got we'll it bad. Them. He got it we'll bad. And by the end of, and by, and by the end of the, the documentary after assessing everything, I actually, I, I, I get it. Like Krauss was maybe too full of himself. He probably wanted more credit than he probably deserved, but I think he's getting more shit in the documentary than he should as well. Cause I think he deserves some credit. I went oh. through, I went through some of the stuff that he did. Look, he drafted Scottie Pippen yeah. and Tony Kukoc. He yeah. traded Charles Oakley for Bill Cartwright, which was part of, which was part of that three peat. That was huge. That was like a win-win, though. I'm not going to say that was like a, both teams won there. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm not talking about the Knicks. I'm just well, talking Kroos, about like yeah, Kroos is yeah, yeah, Kroos is yeah. Continue what you're saying because I'll talk about my opinions of Kroos once you're done. Sure. Okay. So he brought in Dennis Rodman from the Pistons. He made the change to go from Doug Collins to Phil Jackson when Doug Collins just took them to the conference finals. You know, he was right there, just took them to the conference finals, and says, "Now we're going to bring in Phil Jackson," and. What's not mentioned throughout this, but I think is very true, is look, he is the spark and the and the guy who provided motivation, which we talked about, for Michael Jordan throughout his whole career. He was so angry in the nineties, yeah. Gross. Like, oh yeah, well in the nineties, sorry, not yeah, yeah. in the in the nineties. But I know, like, yeah, yeah, when they like, won. Yeah, when he won, like he was the motivation. Look, he he talked about how when he was played Tony Kukoc uh, against Croatia, he said like, "Oh, I just oh, me and me and Scotty thought we were playing Jerry Kraus in a Croatian jersey." Yeah. Like he, Dan Marley said, or uh, Kraus said, Dan Marley was a good defender. Oh, okay, I'm just gonna torch him then exactly. if he thinks he's a good defender. Like all, all, like so much of his motivation was based off of his hate for Jerry Kraus and unintentionally he's a big part of why you know jordan where is where he is today and they, they just don't mention that at all they they paint him as this villain without actually talking about you know the little deeper effects that he had that yeah. maybe jordan doesn't even realize no that's a you're I, like hey i didn't really even think about that like that's it because we were talking so much about motivation they talked so much about motivation that's a really good point jerry kraus was the mo the, the king like the the prime motivator like there was all these other sub motivators for jordan right. but jerry kraus was like the the fire in the stomach like he that's what really got him which was interesting yeah that too without jerry Krauss, uh, i mean who knows right that's that's what i'm saying right and uh, especially if we're going to credit so much of jordan's success to the way he kept himself motivated for the, the, so many years i mean if you're not going to point to jerry Krauss, then he's going to have to find motivations elsewhere and maybe he could i mean the guy was willing to yeah. make up stuff for motivation exactly. i'm not he, i'm not yeah. saying that at all yeah. but you but you know what i mean he jerry Krauss definitely sure. helped more than he hurt in my opinion Oh, 100%. Like, in my eyes, at the end of the day, he, sure, he had Michael Jordan, but he's still one of the better general managers in NBA history. I'm going to go that far. Like, he really, Pippen really says is. that at the end of the doc. He says, yeah, yeah I, pray, I played for the best general manager in the history of the game. Like, he, he probably is. Realistically, let's think about it. Okay, yes. He screwed up. He screwed up at the start of 98 when he said, this is the last year. We're going to, like, we're going to rebuild next year. Phil Jackson's gone, blah, blah, blah. That was a screw-up. You never do that at the beginning of the year. Like, that's just stupid. But outside of that, he was an unreal GM. Unreal. And think about this, too. Like, we both like football. Obviously, we love basketball. We both like football, too. Star players, there's – and a lot of times when they play – okay, star players, when they play for the same team for a long time, 
eventually, especially with the same GM the whole time, eventually the relationship sours. Like it's just the way it is because a general manager's job is to have consistent success. A player's job is to have success while they're there. So for example, look at the draft this year, Aaron Rodgers. He was a little pissed off. They drafted a quarterback in round one because they're in win now mode. But at the same time, the GM's got to look for the future. That's what he did with Rodgers. They had Favre and they drafted Rodgers in round one. So they're doing the same thing now. So yeah, Rodgers understands it, but yeah, sure. He's not happy about it. He wants a piece that's going to help them win now. And I think that's similar to the way Jordan was. Jordan's like, hey, sure. Jordan, Jordan's like, we're, we're a damn good team in the 90s. Like, well, look at the team we have here. Like, we're one of the best teams, if not the best team in NBA history. We should be always looking to add and continue this run as long as we possibly can. When Krauss was kind of more in the ideology of, you know what? I'll, no good things last forever. We got to shut this off at one point. And I think that's where it was the relationship soured from that point. I mean, it soured before that, but like, I think that's when the relationship really, really, really soured when it was more towards Krauss was stopped really going towards winning and more thinking about the future. And there were things before that, like I said, but that was a big one. And like I kind of mentioned too before, Krauss is really his only, well, not my opinion only, but like his big, big, big screw up was the 98 season before the season just announcing that because if you don't announce that hey they could go for seventh get the gang back for one more year you never never know would they have won who knows even jordan touched on it they don't know if they would have won but the opportunity to get that shot he just blew it like Krause just destroyed that and i think that is just such a huge mark on him but not he's still a great gm but that's the big mark on him where i think jordan really really won't let that go i think that's the biggest one for him in my opinion right yeah i I, th- I think that's very true um i think basically that 98 season basically kind of embodies exactly what kraus you know his like his mentality the way he thought the way he acted all came out through that decision to say hey look phil even if you go 82 and 0 you're still gone after, yeah. after this like that's basically saying look i run this exactly i run this team like you and- guys yeah, exactly. What you say? I run this team. What I say goes. Like that switches. Right. Crap. Exactly. <laughs> but here's one thing I want to push back on a little bit. You know, at the end of the documentary, Mike says basically, "Look, we had. I I could have won. You know, seven championships, eight championships. We we could have brought him back. And you know, Reinsdorf at the end, he was the one that basically says." Hey, look, like we didn't want to bring everybody back because Jordan's getting old, yeah. Pippin's getting old, Rodney's you know, getting old. Uh, yeah, it was a bit, it was a business decision, exactly. And basically, what Mike's and what Mike is saying is like, oh, if all those guys come back on a one-year deal, like we're gonna we're gonna win a seven championship. Well, there's there's a problem with that, and that's that's Pippin, dude. Pippin yeah. was on, and we'll get to Pippin in a second here, but he was mm-hmm. on that seven-year, eighteen million dollar deal, and this was mm-hmm. the final year of his deal. You think Pippen's coming back on a one year deal and not no. going to go and get the bag like he did in Portland? No, yeah. absolutely not. He's going to go get that money. And yeah. if, and if Pippen's not coming back, Jordan's not coming back. If Jordan's not coming back, either is Phil and then all the dominoes fall based off the fact that I don't think, I don't believe that Pippen would ha- be willing to take a one year deal to come back after he just got screwed for seven years. And I to agree. come back and do it again for one year. I, I just don't think he would. I don't You're think right. he would. You're right. I don't think he would. Um, actually, before we get into Pippen, I want to talk about Phil Jackson. Because Phil Jackson, to me, had like a crazy underrated 
uh, like job to do like here. And I, I think like, I think like that kind of, you know, the Zen master effect kind of goes over heads yeah. too. Um, well, Zen, like that's what caught this. There are so many different per- personalities and he was right. just the guy for it. Like he knew how to handle in the Zen, like exactly. the Buddhist, uh, like everything, the ideologies, like everything with that, that just comes back huge. And his like native American ideologies as well too. There was in like Rodman handling Rodman. He just knew what, what worked. He just knew how to handle each person and how it would make a gel. And, like you said, on the court, we all know about him with his, like, like we just, we all know Buffalo Jackson, but off the court, like you said, he had a hell of a job and he did it well. Yeah. Like, and, and you alluded to it there. Look, he has to manage Michael Jordan's tyrant attitude. He's got to manage P- Pippen's passive aggressive anger with Kraus and his contract. He's got to, he's got to manage Rodman's needs. And we're going to get to Rodman's needs very soon. Don't worry. And he's got to manage the rest of the team expectations. Like, the team is like watching Rodman do all this crazy like stuff. They're mm-hmm. watching Pippen go off. They're watching Jordan like basically rip them to shreds verbally and you know and Steve yeah. Kerr's face physically. And and Phil Jackson basically has to be like, no, it's all right. We're trust me, everything's it's okay gonna work. here. Exactly. It's gonna work. Yeah. It's gonna work. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? Like, like, like if I like if I'm a role player on the team, what am I thinking? What am I thinking? Yeah, even like with Rod when it, like, I know we'll talk about Rodman after like. In so many ways, that guy's so inspirational. Like that oh, guy absolutely. is like. Oh, we're gonna like, get to his inspiration. Trust he's me. He's <laughs> just a, like. But anyway, but with Rodman, like, even Jordan touched on it. Like, yeah, Dennis needs a vacation. It's like he needs a vacation. Like I need a vacation. Like you know what I mean? Like what do you think the other players were thinking when like oh we're gonna give Dennis a little vacation? You know what I mean? Like what? What? Like I don't know. That guy's awesome. We'll touch on him later. Totally. And yeah, I just wanted to touch on Phil Jackson there because I think he had an underrated job to do. And, uh, you know, he, he did it and then did it again with the Lakers, uh, like uh, later in his career, right? 11 championships. Like, uh, he's got uh, a book out 11 rings or something like that. I'm kind of interested to read that now sure. that I see what he had to deal with. And I'm, I'm kind of, uh, leaning towards going to buy that book at Kohl's or get it off Amazon or something, but I'm interested in that. Um, okay. Before we get to Rodman, uh, I want to talk about Pippen because Pippen is like interesting in this doc to me too. Pippen, like, he's an interesting character. To me, he's got uh, a part of himself that's very stubborn. Yeah, he's a roller coaster character. Like, in, like he's like a, I'm not a character. He's a real person, but like, he's kind of like a roller coaster personality in the in the doc. Like, they make him like, like high low, high low. Like, you love him, you hate him. You love him, you hate him. Like, he was a great. Like, I've heard some people say Scottie Pippen was the greatest teammate they ever had, and then I've heard some people say like, well, Jordan was one hey, of those people. Exactly. A lot of people on the Bulls team said Scottie Pippen was a phenomenal teammate. But then. Like when he walks out on them and like some of the antics that he did, it's. That's what I mean. You you got the highs and the lows with Scotty. That's what I mean. Like, um, and that was something I didn't expect going into this, like waiting in the 90, I think it was the 97 season, 97, 98 season where he, he didn't get the surgery in the summer because he didn't want to mess up his summer. So he got it during the season. Yo, what? That is crazy. That's bad. And then, and then the other one that was insane to me is, at the end of that game, when uh, Phil Jackson drew up to play for Kukoc, and Rodman or and uh, Pippen was pissed about it, yeah, so he didn't yeah. go into the he game. Didn't go into the game. Didn't go, didn't go into the Wouldn't game. And in. then afterwards, he says, "I would do it again." I know. He's, oh, I was like, "Whoa!" At least I, he's honest, though. Like, yeah. I respect that. You know how much bullshit. Honest to a fault, maybe though. Honest yeah. to a fault. <laughs> Yeah. But like at the beginning, like we're all, we're like, Oh, seven years, 18 million. Like that's insane. Like how uh, he's getting screwed for these last, uh, last seven years. By the, and by the end of it, you're like, Oh, well, well, he's not going to the games. Like he's, 
he's now he's delaying his foot surgery. Like, uh, are, are we are we really feeling that bad for him? So you're right. I, I think yeah. you I think you said it right there. He was a roller coaster character in this, and by the end of it, obviously I don't feel bad for Rodman whatsoever. First of all, he made more money than Michael Jordan throughout his whole career. Pippen, you mean Pippen? Or sorry, Pippen. Sorry, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. did I say Rodman? My bad. Uh, Pippen. Yeah. yeah, I don't feel bad for Pippen at all. Um, obviously, you know he delays foot surgery refused to go into games he asked for a trade and never and obviously never got one but i mean he made more money than jordan throughout his whole career um he got his six rings from like basketball let's let's say from basketball okay yeah, from, endorsements and other stuff jordan oh yes so. yeah, sorry that no that no that's a good point that's actually a good point that you bring up yeah from basketball he made more money obviously jordan's billionaire that guy's ridiculous um but yeah so I, all in all i don't i don't i don't feel bad for rodman um, but I thought he was just an interesting character. He was an, in- an interesting character that I thought he was going to have more of a, a positive light shine on him. And no doubt he did. Uh, but, uh, there was some, there were some negative points too, that maybe stuck out to me just a little bit more than the positive, but I did learn more about how good, uh, Rod, or I just keep saying Rodman about how good Pippen was as a player on the court. Cause that's For something sure. I learned more about that. I actually didn't know. Like I didn't know yeah. Pippen, like a, a lot of times they reference Pippen as like a top three player player in the league i didn't know he was yeah. that good that's up for debate i mean sure. like, like like my dad was a big basketball fan in that time too so i've heard him talk about them like i watched the whole stock with him and he was telling me his opinions like he always in his opinion thought scotty pippen was a great player never top three in the league ever mm, interesting okay and he said he was there was always something about scotty that like kind of rubbed him the wrong way too so maybe he kind of got that the downward of the roller coaster maybe, that we saw right? scotty pippen you know sure. so like he gained some respect for him after the doc, but at the same time, he's like, come on, like some of the things this guy did. So, but that's just Sky Pippen, for example. I know. And I love the relationship between Larry Bird and Michael Jordan. That's just an awesome side. side I agree. Point. I think that's, that's pretty, I think that's pretty cool too. All right. Let's, let's, let's talk some Rodman, man. That guy was the, was one of the most entertaining people in this series. Okay. So actually, before we go Rodman, can sure, I just say one thing? Cause absolutely. it's going to take absolute max one minute. Okay. Go fire away. My favorite part other than, um, what's his face? Uh, Wozniak's Jordan Shrug was how Skip Bayless, the man who would sell his family to Colombian drug lords to be friends with Michael Jordan, they didn't interview this guy once. He was a beat writer for the Bulls, well, for the Bulls, but covering the Bulls, and they didn't interview him once. This guy will go to the, this will do anything to to support Michael Jordan over LeBron James. Those debates. And they didn't even interview him. I love it. I love it. I thought I think that's funny too. Actually, I saw that on Twitter, and I thought I was like, "Oh yeah, what about Skip? What about my Skip? favorite part. What about Skip? Favorite part: how Skip wasn't invited, or maybe they interviewed him, and he thought he was gonna be a big part of it, and he was all excited, and they cut him. That would be even better. Oh man, but, that's yeah. You're right. That 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 is pretty funny. Um, anyway, that's just the point I wanted to bring up. No, it's, Skip Bayless. It's good. I'm glad you did. Ha. I'm definitely glad you did. Um, all right, Rodman, man. Rodman, what do you say about this guy? Like, at part of the Pistons, as to start, he was part of the, the Pistons team that was beating Jordan, uh, that was, you know, part of the guy physically beating him up. Uh, and somehow he makes it over to the Bulls. And Jordan has, you know, a lot of respect for Rodman. Uh, you know, unlike he had for guys like, you know, Dumars and Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas, like he somehow has, you know, respect for Rodman. And I think it's because Rodman really caught, I don't think Rodman conflicted with what Jordan 
was trying to do. Like, you know, Isaiah, he's got the ball in his hands, right? He's scoring. He's, he's that guy. Um, you know, Dumar is like, you know, big, big time defender. He provides some secondary scoring might get in the way of, you know, Pippen or even uh, Jordan, but Rodman, Rodman's skill set is perfectly fitted for what that team needed. And I think 100%. Jordan recognizes that while he was with his time with the Pistons. No doubt about it. No, or what? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. When he played against them, when you play against Dennis Rodman, you see the kind of player he is, especially because a lot of times Dennis Rodman is going to cover the best player on the other team. So Michael Jordan saw whether it's on switches or whether it's on just him covering Michael Jordan, he saw Dennis Rodman. So he knows this guy, he digs, he rebounds, he does the little things that make you a championship team. And that's what the Bulls lack. And it's perfect. It was the great dish. That's why he, let him do his antics. Whatever makes Rodman get be Rodman, just let it happen. I mean, going to the wrestling the, during the NBA Finals, I mean, that I want, was... I want to talk about that, but let's talk about the Vegas vacation first. Yeah, the Vegas one, vacation is first. incredible. That, that is, is amazing. I love it because Jordan's reaction is the best. Just like, he needs a vacation. I need a vacation. Like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, like, it's so funny. I love that one. But I just... I'm, I'm curious when he was in Vegas, was he wearing pajama pants as well? I just no. love how this guy's always wearing so. pajama pants, man. That was like one of my favorite things I took from this. Oh, oh, yeah. I can relate to him. I don't think he was. I think Rodman actually low key had a little drip to him. I think, he, I think Rodman was kind of dripping over there in Vegas. Oh right? yeah. He all, okay. Red. Okay. Obviously he wore the <clears> pajama <throat> pants a lot, but like when he wasn't wearing the pajama, pants, that guy had drip, man. That guy was yeah. like, he was taught. Like he, he was, he was swagging out, you know? He was looking good. <laughs> That's what I mean. He was styling a little bit. Yeah. And so, you know, he goes to Vegas. He goes for his, like, 40-hour vacation. They asked Mike, they asked, uh, he's doing all this stuff, drinking, you know, partying with, you know, Carmen Electra and all this stuff. They asked Mike, like, did he come back in 48 hours? Nope. No, he did not. So Jordan has to go and roam the streets of Vegas to go and find Dennis Rodman. He finds him, and then Carmen Electra basically tells a story where she's in the hotel room, you know, with yeah. Dennis Rodman, we can guess what they were doing, but he's in, she hides. She hides because she didn't want to see Michael Jordan. Jordan basically drags Rodman out of, uh, like, out of the hotel. Yeah. He shows up at practice, like, the, in the aforementioned pajama pants. And then he tells the story about how they got to get Rodman back into shape. Right? He's been doing nothing for, like, three yeah. days. Like, oh, well, he's been doing a lot, but not, yeah, well, yeah, not the right kind of stuff. You're right. Not the right kind of stamina. And so they, uh, they, they put him through this drill where, like, every – like, at the back of the – like, they're running around, like, a track. And I think it's, like, after, uh, after you know, Jackson blows the whistle, the guy at the back has to get to the front – with everybody like yeah. sprinting and running, right? And, and, just, and Rodman just him. beats everybody up down, beats everybody down the down the floor. So you so you could see like he would go out and do all this party stuff, but he it didn't affect him at all. Like it it no. did not even have any effect. He was ready to go when he needed to be on the court in game shape, ready to play and help his team. He was ready to go. He had like the the body of like a super athletic college athlete like this guy can just get hammered the night before and then go out the next day and just put up 30 and 10 you know what i mean just it doesn't matter that guy alcohol did nothing to him he was like it was like that type of thing it was just he was just dennis rodman there was no player like him and there'll never, never be a player like him ever again i don't think yeah i, I know it's it's insane and then you know he leaves after game three of the finals and he i'm just gonna go wrestle with hulk hogan that one was kind of bad in my that one, like the Vegas one, at least they talked it out. That one was like, <sighs> that one was wild in my opinion. That one should, that one, come on. 
You know, that one shouldn't happen. He doesn't show up at practice, and then he he's wrestling with Hulk Hogan. Imagine finding that. Imagine today with social media. Oh, I was about to. I was literally about to say that. So much of the stuff in this documentary would go absolutely crazy. What was it after? Um, after in the Eastern Conference Finals, after the Bulls went down 2-0 to the Knicks, Jordan went out gambling the night before, uh, the night after, like until like super late, and then the media was re- like reaming up about it, and then in Game Three, he comes out and just torches the Knicks, like just absolutely blows them out of the water, like stuff yeah. like that. Like the Rodman antics, some of the stuff Jordan was doing, the Pippin not like not going into the game, like all of this stuff would be just asked. They'd blow this stuff way out of proportion. Like if you if you told them these stories about a team, you, there's no way without attaching names to the stories that you would guess that this team is the be- the biggest dynasty of all time and one and three repeated twice. Like yeah, you, you'd no. never guess that. No. And so. You know, Rod- Rodman was, you know, just quite a character. He, he really helped this team uh, tremendously. Um, and, you know, Jordan clearly had respect for him. It, that, was, that was very clear. And, you know, and Rodman had a lot of respect, too, for Jordan, I would say. Uh, there was that time where I think uh, early in the doc where they were talking about, you know, how Rodman just, like, wasn't playing his best. Scott, yeah. uh, Scotty Pippen, you know, came back, uh, you know, from injury or something he had going on, and Rodman slotted back into that third spot after he had kind of bumped up into the second, uh, you know, second best mm-hmm. player or whatever, I guess, if you want to call it for the Bulls. Second he, yes, sure. And he, didn't, and he didn't play as well. And he had bad games. And Jordan, and he came, he came to Jordan's door, knocking on his door and asked Jordan, hey, do you got an extra cigar? And that was his way of basically saying, look, I messed up. I, yeah. I, I know I got to play better. Uh, and, and so he, the, the respect was there. The accountability for Rodman on the court was there despite all this antics. And like, I think I just don't want to get that confused that despite all this like craziness, like Rodman held himself accountable on the court. And at the end of the day, like, that's what matters. Exactly. And I think like, obviously skipping practice is not one of those things that Jordan would like. He wants winning more than anything, but like, with, with, I feel like when it comes to with this team, when Mike Mike picked up on the guys who want to win, like Steve Kerr, like all these little things, he picked up on these guys, and that's what he trusted you, whether he picked up on it in-game action, whether it was something off the court, or whether he saw you in practice just staying after working on your game or being the first one there to work on your game. Mike picked up on these little things. And Agreed. Like he had that one quote, like, once you join the team, you live by a certain standard that I played the game, and I wasn't going to take any less. Like that was just it. Rodman, sure, he didn't live to that standard in practice per se, but in the game, he gave it every ounce of what he had, and I think Mike Mike saw that. So that was one of the things where, hey, winning is the most important thing. Winning at all costs, and the way he is when he's at his peak, he helps us get to that point. So that's why it didn't matter. Yeah, I totally agree. And the last thing I want to end on with Rodman is, you know, Rodman Loki, he's pretty smart. He's pretty smart. Like there was that one, there was that one portion of the doc where he's bringing in guys to miss shots so he can judge the angles of how it bounces off the rim. So he could be a better rebounder. Like that's that kind of stuff. Like it just kind of goes role player. Small things that win you championships. You got to work on that stuff, right? Like that's that, that's those little minute details that going to make you better, you know, than the guy next to you. And Rodman was willing to put in that work. So I thought, I thought that that was, um, I thought that was, you know, pretty interesting. Oh, where do, where do we want to go? Where do we want to go next? Um, I want to I say here, let's go. I want to go what the Bulls reign meant to the growth of the NBA. Okay. Fire away. I like that. 
Okay. So like basketball is obviously an international sport, huge in Europe, Asia, Africa, South America, North America, everywhere, big everywhere. But Michael Jordan really, really put not only just the NBA and professional basketball in America on the map, but American and NBA basketball culture on the map. And that is just something that has spread since like basketball culture, NBA culture, everybody knows, well, not everybody, but a lot of sports people know about NBA culture. And I think that really started with Jordan and those bulls. Like you look at Dirk, for example, Dirk in Germany became a fan of the NBA through the Jordan bulls. That's an example right there of the NBA spreading internationally and really no, I'm not going to say that's what got him into basketball. The guy's seven foot tall. Like I'm sure his athleticism and his height got him into basketball, but obviously the Jordan bulls helped there. And I, believe there was one clip where they said that they were in at one in the jordan's time around there the nba was in 80 something countries and now it's in over 200 so and i think the jordan bulls were the big 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 part of that that's the yeah, reason i remember stern they, said that yeah you're right. exactly stern said i forget i couldn't remember who said it but that was big 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 thing to me because the nba it, it was a big league in in the 80s 90s don't get me wrong but yeah that Jordan Bulls, it, it really made them internationally huge. And now the NBA is just massive overseas. Like right. basketball, I, not just basketball, but the NBA is huge overseas. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's not mentioned in this documentary, but, you know, the NBA, you know, back in, I think it was like the 70s or like early 80s was like kind of in like in a bad place before the the Magic and Bird rivalry came to be that kind of reignited the league. Yeah. And then you're right. Jordan just took that and put it on just another level. And now we're at, we are at where we are where we are today, you know, based on, you know, the elevation of the game, you know, from Mike and then uh, taking it forward, you know, from guys like LeBron and Kobe. And now, you know, even further Steph Curry and Harden and all these guys, you know, KD, Giannis, I don't want to leave anybody out, but you know what I mean? Like these guys yeah, are just the stars. Yeah. yeah. The stars, they're just taking, they're, they're taking the uh, basically the, the base, uh, uh, the baseline that guys like, you know, like uh, Bird, Magic, and Jordan built, and they're, they're moving it forward. And, you know, Jordan was a big cinder block in building, you know, this, you know, conglomerate here that is the NBA. I, I, I totally agree with you there. I couldn't agree more. I want to just talk about some other little things. Uh, you know, here, here's one thing I want to talk about, okay? The flu game, okay? There's, there's a couple things about the flu game, all right? People just seem to think now – Obviously, we learned that it's food poisoning. It's not the flu. I actually knew that before going into the doc that it was food poisoning and not the flu. Yeah. You know, Tim Grover, his trainer, tells a story about, you know, the five guys showing up at the door with the pizza. That's just sus right there, though. Five dudes. Five dudes right. showing up with the pizza. Right. Oh. And he says that. He's like, I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah. And, and like, so, and, you know, and some people are like, oh, like, the Utah pizza plagues poisonous pizza. And... You know, we can dive into the theory about, you know, does the, you do like, does the pizza place, like, like people are saying like, oh, how do they know that Jordan was staying there? Well, like, you know, a lot of the same teams yeah. stay at the same hotels. Yeah, no, and there, there's a pattern yeah. that the, I'm sure like other P other teams have ordered pizza from this place yeah. before. And, you know, they didn't you, poison the pizza. I'm going to go on. I don't no, think they poisoned I, the pizza. I, they I, even I, talked to the pizza maker and he seemed like an honest fellow. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so the I'm going to take like, his word for it. And, and, and people, but here, here's my point is that, and I agree with you. I don't think anybody poisoned the pizza, um, but people are just going to say, okay, if no one poisoned the, his food or his pizza, then there's no way it could have been food poisoning. Well, isn't it possible that he just had a bad pizza and that no one intended to, intended yeah. to poison him? 
Like can't yeah. don't, don't can't those things just be separate entities that just because the guy didn't poison the pizza, you know, doesn't mean he couldn't have gotten it food poisoning from it just because he didn't do it intentionally doesn't mean he exactly. couldn't have done it by accident. Like could have been just... bad cheese. Like who, who knows? Like you know who what knows? I mean? Like could have been anything. That was the actually I will say that was the only part of the documentary I could personally relate to. Oh one yeah, because you got celiac. That's right. No, one man eating the whole pizza. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I couldn't relate to any other part of this documentary. Like, oh, I mean, oh, if it was if it, that pizza had gluten, I was done. So I was done. It was, oh, the, it was God, the 90s funny. too, so oh, there was definitely no gluten free. Oh, I would have been done for. That's oh man, that's that's hella funny. I didn't I didn't think that answer was coming. Um, what else? Uh, the, okay, the traveling cocaine circus. This is another pro Mike thing. Like they they mentioned the traveling cocaine circus, and Mike's like, oh, I gotta get out. As a rookie, he's like, oh, I gotta yeah. get out of here. Like I'm gonna get caught with the cocaine. And they show him like, part, and they show him back in his hotel, like folding his clothes with like a glass of orange juice. You're telling me Mike didn't take part in this <laughs> yeah. stuff? You're telling me Mike is looking like a friggin' first year college kid? Folding exactly. his laundry while his teammates are doing coke and weed and drinking exactly. mad like scotch and all this stuff. And he's folding his clothes in his room with orange juice. No, hell no. It's that, Jordan's that, perspective. I didn't buy that like for Rachael a second. Like Rachel Nichols said, this I didn't is Jordan's buy that for a second. Yeah, okay, no, I had to I'm mention that because I didn't I'm buy that you. for a second. That is just completely ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, what else? I thought it was. I also thought it was interesting from Jordan's perspective that he said that uh, outside of the Pistons that the Pacers gave him the toughest time and specifically Reggie Miller gave yep. him the toughest time uh, in the Eastern conference throughout all his years, you know, more than the Knicks, more than all, more than all those Eastern conference teams, other than the Pistons, obviously thought that was pretty interesting. Um, you know, they did uh, the Pacers were the only team other than the Knicks to take him to game seven. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought, I thought that was pretty cool. Yep. Um, what else? Uh, I thought it was funny after they beat the Pacers, that scene where Jordan and Bird are talking and they're just like kind of buddy buddy, and then Jordan like kind of drops Loki this line where he's like, "Hey, he's like, hey, now you got time to work on your golf swing." Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> oh my goodness, after everything you've been through through the Celtics days and all this <laughs> stuff, Jordan had just he had that one in the holster. Just was, <laughs> exactly, just yeah. Oh my goodness, he was waiting for that, and I couldn't just help but just go, ooh, yeah. after I after I heard that on uh, on TV. So yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I thought that was uh, was pretty funny. Um, okay, I, I know we're kind of jumping all over the place here now, but dude, Scott Burrell played one season for the Bulls. He got more screen time than I, I a man should have gotten for one season. Like Jordan dude. must love Scott Burrell. I don't he know, must man. Love the guy. Scott Burrell was terrible. Scott Burrell, okay, he not terrible. The, yeah. Scott was bad, though, man. Like, Minus in comparison to the rest of the team. Game six. Yeah, that Minus thing I sent 17. you. Minus 17. The guy played 10 minutes. Minus 17. And that, and that scene, too, where he's posting up Jordan, and Jordan is, like, not even trying on defense yeah. until he makes a move and absolutely swats him in practice. Like, oh, my yeah. God. And then, like, he's, like, talking about how, you know, Scott Burrell is just, like, this player and this, like, alcoholic. Like, he's just, <laughs> he's just unloading on Scott Burrell. Like, Scott absolutely. Burrell didn't and, contribute to the winning. And, you know, and he played one season. Like, we didn't hear anything about Horace Grant. He was nope. integral to that, th- that three-peat. Uh, <laughs> uh, I talked to Horace. One. Yeah, no, no, they talked to him. Don't get me wrong, but they didn't mention that like no, yeah. he was like six man of the year quality type good. Yeah. Like, I that's what I like. Horace Grant was a great player. He was a yeah. great player. Yeah. He was a great player. They really didn't mention him at all. Um, oh, 
well, they mentioned him, but like not in the context that they should have, at least. One guy we didn't talk about, Steve Kerr. Steve I was going to mention was, Steve Kerr before this was done, for yeah, sure. Yeah, go Kerr. ahead. Go ahead. Okay, as a player, I, I, I knew about him, but like I didn't know. Can you hear me? Sorry, did I cut yep. up there? Or? Yeah, no, okay. we're good. We're good. Yeah, no, as a player, I didn't. I knew a little bit about him, not a ton. But that guy, the work he puts in. I knew, actually, a funny story, actually, just because I'm a Gonzaga Bulldogs fan. He had a uh, – no scholarship offers, really. And at the time, Gonzaga wanted to give him a scholarship offer, so they brought him up. He was keen on it. He's like, yeah, I don't have a scholarship offer. I'm going to go check out, even though Gonzaga is a no-name school at the time. Then he goes up there, and he's playing. And then – so he starts scrimmaging with a bunch of guys. And he's like, and I'm just getting busted all game by this scrawny white dude. And then they, all of a sudden, right? all of a sudden they revoked the scholarship, not even an offer anymore. It was John Stock. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Like it's just like no. great Steve Kerr story, but yeah, just, I, Oh, I love Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr as a player, he knew he worked hard. He got everything out of what he had. And that's one of the things Jordan picked up on. He, hey, I can trust this guy. He works. He works. And that's what, one of the things that made him trust him. But yeah, you can go on about Steve Kerr off the, off the court. Like I knew about Steve Kerr. He's a great person, what he stands for, everything like that. But on the court, I learned a lot about him, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, t- I totally agree. And, you know, uh, he mentions that after Mike punched him in the face, he had to call him and, like, apologize, all this stuff. And he felt that that brought him closer, that yeah, he, could trust, sure. he, could, he could trust him more now for, you know, whatever reason. I, I guess they Why was Phil calling those ticky-tack fouls, though, and it made Jordan actually just foul him big time? Because that was the story. He was that was fouls, and then Jordan fouls him. He's like, that's a foul. And then Steve Kerr came up and punched Jordan in the chest, and then Jordan clocked him in the eye. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the story. Yeah. yeah. Um, Why was he calling ticky tacks? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm going to have to take up with Phil. I have no yeah. idea. Um, but, yeah, no. And I, it's interesting because if, uh, Phil um, – or sorry, not Phil. Uh, Steve Kerr tried to. He mentioned this. He tries to model his game after John Paxson. Um, Bill who, Paxson. Huh? Bill Paxson, right? No, John Paxson. Oh yeah, Bill Kerr. My bad. Bill Kerr and John Paxson. Yeah. yeah. I always yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, he tries to model after John Paxson, and you know, John Paxson has hit. Uh, you know that that big shot that uh, got kicked out from you know Horace yeah. Grant. We saw that, and I think it was uh, Game Six to end the series. Who was that against? I don't remember now. Now it's just blanking my mind. I think it was. Uh, it was in the first repeat. I think it was against the Blazers. Yeah, it was in the first repeat. It would have been. I don't know if it was the Blazers. I think. Oh no, it was the Suns. It was the Suns. I think I. Yeah, remember. it was the Suns. Yeah. Yeah. So he hits it against the Suns, and you know Steve Kerr then hits a very similar shot to close out the mm-hmm. Knicks, I believe, uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals, and um, or no, no, this. Was no, NBA you know, Finals with Steve Kerr. Yeah, NBA Finals with Steve Kerr. See, and Steve that's Kerr. why so much stuff happens. I can't even remember it all. Um, and then, and then the. the uh, Anyway, he hits a big shot, and it's leading up to the speech at the parade. Exactly. The speech at the, the parade where Steve Kerr was basically like, so here's the real story because I don't yeah. think we would just know what he called yeah. in the huddle. He's like, they drew it up for me. They said, you know, Mike really doesn't feel like taking that shot. He doesn't feel comfortable in those situations. Yeah. And I said, okay, Phil, I guess I'm going to have to bail out Mike yeah. again. That yeah. was so funny. That was so funny. I, yeah. I really enjoyed that quite a bit. That was and awesome. uh and, uh, you know, to this day, Steve Kerr still holds the highest three-point percentage in NBA yep. history at 45% yep. ahead of Steph Curry. So, and he's the only shooter, player man. to win four straight, if that's I'm not right. mistaken. That's right. And he's he done won. it in a – You won with the Spurs right after. Uh, yeah, that's right. And and the Warriors now, too, as yep. a coach. So, uh, this guy, he just gets basketball in a lot of different senses. Yep. So, For sure. Um, yeah, I thought it was 
at least keen to, you know, mention Steve Kerr in this. Definitely. What else? Um, I think like we hit on so much of it here. Um, yeah. Guess, the only, yeah. I the only thing I can really think, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. Go, go ahead. No, so the only thing I can really think of right going forward, we could touch a little bit more on Isaiah Thomas. And I was going to say like the bulls run meant to the history of the game too. Like if you look at the history of the game, look how many legendary teams are dismantled without winning a ring. Oh, like, yeah, just to name a few. I'm not saying these players never won a ring, because Clyde Drexler won a ring. But, like, Clyde Drexler's Trailblazers got but Houston, that, I, they never mentioned Houston won two straight when Jordan retired. That bothered me. That, that, that bothered me. Yeah. That bothered me, because a lot of people were, said if Houston didn't lose to, uh, I think it was, what was it, the Jazz that hit that shot? Yep. Uh, I think it, was, um, it was Stockton, right? It was Stockton it was that Stockton. hit that three that sent him to the finals, if I'm not mistaken. don't I'm, I'm almost positive that's the case. Uh, but – a lot of people said, look, the Bulls had no answer for Olajuwon. I've heard it's that true. so many times. Yeah. No, the Bulls did not have an answer for Hakeem Olajuwon. Mm-hmm. And right off the bat, I'm thinking, well, Rodman, wouldn't Rodman be the guy that take Olajuwon? But apparently, like, maybe not, you know? No, yeah, Hakeem, yeah, Rodman wasn't big enough. Yeah, but, I mean, the, he could still, I, he'd still fight. But, yeah, but I know, yeah, that's my opinion. Rodman just flat out just didn't have the size. But, um. Yeah, no, that's a good point, too. They should have mentioned more about Houston. But, yeah, what I was saying, like, Clyde Drexler's Trailblazers didn't get a ring. Patrick Ewing's Knicks didn't get a ring. Reggie Miller's Pacers didn't get a ring. Carl Malone and John Stockton's Jazz didn't get a ring. Gary, Gary Payton's Sonics didn't get a ring. Charles Barkley's Suns didn't get a ring. These are legendary teams, and a lot of these players ended up retiring without a ring. Mm-hmm. These are legendary teams that went out without a ring because of Jordan's Bulls. So I think the history of the game was just altered so much by Jordan, too. Sure, for sure. Uh yeah, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you mentioned this, but Ewing, he got beat four times yeah, by Ewing's Jordan. Ewing's next. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ewing and uh, Reggie Miller. You said Reggie Miller. Right? Yeah, Reggie yeah. Miller, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Gary Payton, Charles Barkley, Clyde Drexler. Yeah, yeah all those guys. Drexler like, won, but like, yeah, Drexler with the Blazers never won. Yeah, like against Jordan. Yeah, totally. No, you're right. He denied a lot of good teams of. Uh, uh, of some dubs and some mm-hmm. chips and and you know that and that happens today too right like a lot of a, a lot of the greatest players have done that in today's game you know as well um you know you could say that about you know lebron like how many how many times has lebron like denied guys of chips you know what i mean exactly. like my goodness like it's, it's getting crazy now uh with all the teams he's blowing out in the eastern conference um so yeah that, that definitely happens and you know uh, obviously jordan is no different uh, let's talk. I, another, uh, thing that they didn't talk about, uh, with Jordan, which was makes this a pro Jordan doc is the fact that actually they touched on it a bit, uh, in game six in 1998, which was on last night. And I watched the whole thing. Jordan shot like crap in the fourth quarter. He oh, was yeah, terrible. Yeah. Did in, not in touch upon that at all. <laughs> they, they did. They did show a bunch of shots. Where they, but was, they were like, he Oh, he short. was gassed. Yeah. Jordan he was gassed, just had right. nothing left in the tank. It's like, maybe the guy just got cold. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, and yeah, and that's the thing, like, and, and that's what, and that's the, what this documentary is king of, right? It's like when, when Jordan wasn't on, it's, oh, he was gassed. His legs were done. His legs were done. He was in, he was in uh, baseball shape and not basketball shape. And then when he's, and then when he's crushing them, it's like, oh my God, he just completely black destroyed Jesus, him. Like, yeah. yeah like black Jesus. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just God disguised as Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like, God, was, yeah, exactly. That was, that was quite a quote from Larry Bird. Um, but yeah, that's a bunch of, that's a bunch of that stuff. But uh, I can't think of Larry Bird and not laugh though. 
There's no human being that looks more like his name than yeah, Larry I know. Bird. You mentioned that to me. Oh my god, I, I just can't get over it. He he's, looks like he, a big bird, and he looks like a Larry. He's, he's Larry such, Bird. He's such a Larry Bird. I I I totally agree. It's it's Who actually he? crazy. What uh, other name could he be? He's nothing. He's Larry Bird. Yeah, like, it's. And uh, oh, what what else did I say? Uh, and when Jordan is laughing at the iPad, when uh, Gary Payton said, "Oh, I made him work." after uh yeah, you know, after that, game yeah. three and like the stats show like look Peyton did a pretty good job on Jordan oh, like they won 100%. two they won two 100%. more games where Jordan didn't shoot well so they made they they, they took it to six yeah. games well I like I, I didn't get that I remember watching it with my brother and my dad my brother was just kind of when Jordan was laughing my brother just asked me he's like why is he laughing he's like did an unreal job on him. He clamps like he is clamps. He clamped him down. Like, he was the defensive player of the year. Exactly. Of course, he made a difference. If they had him on him from the start, of course, the game with a series would have been different. And also, George Carl waited like three, four games to put the defensive player on the year on That's Michael true. Jordan. That's he true. he he's like, I'm gonna go down 3-0, and then I'm gonna decide. Oh, okay, I'm I'm gonna put I'll I'll put the defensive player of the year on like, the best player on the planet. Like, why don't you? Yeah. And he said like, Oh, yeah, I gotta save you for offense. Like, I need you to score. Like, Ridiculous. you're not gonna outscore Mike if you're not exactly. guarding him. Like, it's like exactly. you're not gonna have a chance. Right. Exactly. That's just, it's the stupidest thing. That was, that drove me nuts when I yeah. saw that. I was if like, they had, needed four games to put Gary Payton on Michael Jordan and I'm then won two consecutive, which shows that you should have done that strategy from the, Oh, it just drove me nuts. It yeah. just drove me nuts. I, and like, I'm not going to say he's a bad coach. He wasn't a bad coach, but that series, he coached so poorly. Like that was just terrible. You never, when a guy matches up, not only is Gary Payton defensive player of the year, he matches up well against Michael Jordan. It's not like Gary Payton had to cover Hakeem Olajuwon. No. Exactly. He covering a guy he matched up against. Like, what are you – like, what? I don't understand what the logic – like, I know what he said his logic was, but that's just ridiculous logic. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Um, it, was, uh, it was completely ridiculous, and uh, I am uh, – I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted to this day that that was the case. I don't get it at all. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. We touched on a lot of stuff here. Uh, For sure. Yeah, the whole the whole Byron Russell thing. The um, you know him talking trash uh, when he was retired was pretty funny. Um, yeah, we talked about gambling. Yeah, I think we got you know pretty much any everything. Is like, is there anything that uh, you wanted to touch on a little bit more that you know maybe we didn't get to? Maybe a little Isaiah Thomas and the Pistons versus the yeah. Bulls. You wanted to do that? Go ahead on that. Talk a little. We could talk a little bit about Isaiah Thomas, just in maybe just his relationship with Jordan a little. And another thing, if you wanted to, we could touch on is just Jordan as a businessman. Like that guy was just. Yeah, the sneaker stuff that maybe we can touch on a little bit. Yeah, we'll go quickly on the sneaker stuff. Like there was yeah. that episode where you know he hated Nike. He didn't want to go to Nike. He wanted sure. to go to Adidas badly. Yeah, I don't blame him. Yeah, like um, I like yeah. At the time, I don't blame him either. Like I Adidas, don't blame him now. Adidas is the best man. Oh, I'll, I'll fight you on that to death. But right, so uh, next. Uh, <laughs> uh, but how does how does Adidas fumble the bag that badly? Like the guy, like that is that's tough, man. That is rough. And then man, uh, play stripes over checks just for in general basketball shoes, not stripes over checks. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Continue. But um, but yeah, they fumbled the bag on that one and. Um, you know, after that episode, I was, you know, in between commercials, I went back to like, just take a look at some of like the retros that I have of like the OG colors, like the Concords and stuff. I was like, damn, I was like, 
I'm just like looking up, looking down at the shoe, like there's some history behind this. I didn't yeah, even know. Like it's, sure. it's, it's really crazy. Uh, it, it, it was, it was kind of a, a nice little touch uh, to the episode because I think that's kind of understated about, you know, Jordan is the legacy that he's left. There's a lot of players that have retired that have won a lot of rings with a lot of, and a lot of hall of fames, a lot of MVPs, all that sort of stuff. None of them have left the the legacy that Jordan have. And a lot of it is left through the sneakers that he has. Like, uh, like, I think, I think, I think that's uh, like, I'm glad they touched on the sneaker stuff because that's, you know, a lot of people that don't like, like basketball that much that are watching this, you know, documentary just out of the curiosity are going to learn like, Hey, like, this all this is what goes into the shoe that you line up on Saturdays or that you get up at 10 a.m. to go and get like and I'm glad that they touched on you know the process of how that came to be through the shoes and stuff like that so I thought I thought that was pretty cool uh we don't have to really talk much more about that other than the fact that I think uh, Adidas fumbled the bag big time Uh, one thing I will just other I'll also touch on just really quickly was the reason I think he was the ultimate business person was just because well it helped not having social media but like he wasn't even the slightest bit political. Like other than the statement, Republicans buy sneakers. Oh, I forgot too. about that. Yeah. Like other than that statement, he wasn't really political. No, so not at all. You could really, he could take any endorsement. Like, cause nobody, it's not like, Oh, I don't like Michael Jordan. He supports this. I don't like Michael Jordan. He supports this. He's just Michael Jordan. Like we didn't know what he supported. He just went out there. He endorsed the product and he played basketball. And obviously he did things in his outside life, like gambling and stuff like that yeah. too. But I mean, that's why he was the ultimate, endorsement like you could just that's, that's a good point Nick. Yeah. yeah no that's a very good point he never really picked sides and i'm sure that the endorsements that he did lose because he didn't stand up for certain causes like what was that that uh that black uh you yeah. know democrat that ran in that certain yeah. district i think it was I, don't, I think it was illinois i don't even remember i'm, I'm not an american i don't know yeah. um yeah and uh he didn't support him and basically by not supporting him that was basically without doing nothing is basically saying you support the opposition. Uh, Well, some people have that mentality. Yes, for sure. Right. And that's my point, right? Is that like by, but if we, if we contrast this to what you're talking about by taking a side, um, you know, he probably lost less by doing nothing than he would have by taking an actual side. Um, Oh, I think in my opinion, like LeBron's, I love LeBron James. I love what he stands for. I love LeBron James, but he's not as easy as a person to have an endorsement with as Michael Jordan was in his prime, in my opinion. Cause Michael well, Jordan, Nike. yeah, exactly. There's just a lot of stuff. Michael Jordan, in my opinion, he's correct, but there's a lot of things that LeBron James stands up for that. Like some people might disagree or think sure. like, oh, that's not your place. You know what I mean? Right. A lot of people, especially, I don't know if it's people that are in their like late fifties, early sixties, I don't know what it is. They just have that mentality. As, not all of them, but some of them that, what makes an athlete uh, like superior, like type thing? Why do they have to speak on social issues? What makes their opinion more valid? Like, you right. know what I mean? But like the I shut up and dribble mentality. Essentially. Exactly. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Which I don't agree with. But no, me either. Michael Jordan kind of had it. You know what I mean? Like, right. other than the one statement about gaming and the Republicans buy sneakers yeah. too, he was an easy guy to endorse. Nobody, everyone loved Michael Jordan. Nobody, he didn't take sides on issues. So, like, yeah. like you said. Okay, by saying Republicans buy sneakers too, some Democrats might view that as, oh, he's uh, he's an anti-Democrat. He's anti what? Uh, like right. I don't know. Like he's anti certain things that they they stood for. But that's not the case. Like, and really, that's not the case. That's just their interpretation of it. Realistically, yeah. he was the easiest guy to endorse. 
Yeah, totally. I'm I'm totally with you, and that's that, that's a that's a good point that he was a he was an easy endorser because again he wasn't very vocal about what he stood for if he yeah. stood for anything really. Um, yeah. And even to this day, some people have criticized Mike for being a little too quiet on you know black issues and stuff like that when a lot of his shoe sales you know are from you know predominantly African Americans uh, who you know invest in you know Jordans and love Jays and you know I'm Caucasian white male. I like them too. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, me I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in that stuff. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, a lot of people are, you know, kind of critical of Mike for, um, you know, not saying anything. And by not saying anything, they say is saying a lot. So I think that yeah. that pressure has mounted on him over the years. But back in the day, um, you know, in the '90s, I agree that I think by not saying anything, it actually made him a lot easier to work with because you yeah. know Mike's not going to be controversial. He's not going to say much. He doesn't. He doesn't do that stuff. No, exactly. Yeah, so I, I agree with you there. All right, let's end this off by talking about um, Mike's, I would say Mike's biggest challenge of his career, which was the Pistons. Um, yeah. um, let's face it, uh, you know, the stuff that re- really stands out is, you know, Pistons beat him up. They beat him up physically. He went in there and basically had to have that mentality like, look, like, I don't know. I, I tweeted this when I think I was watching the doc. Like, I don't know how I could play basketball. Like when I would go into a game and just basically think like, oh, this could be the last game I play for like six months. Cause yeah. like, they're like, they're like, like I'm going to go to the hole and I'm just going to, I'm just going to get whacked. And then like, that's the Jordan rules, right? Is like, you don't, you don't for You don't let him get baseline, you know, yeah. so, uh, you, you know, you force him, you force him to the elbows or whatever uh, and bring help. And then when you, and then when he drives to the rim, you make whack. sure that he feels it. Exactly. Yeah. And you, that's, that's tough. That is yeah. so hard to play against and like, that nobody else had ever, I don't think anybody else had ever faced that type of treatment uh, as an individual, you know, when playing up to that point where you're just getting, you're getting physically beaten up. Like, to I'm my knowledge, to nobody. You. Yeah, no, they, there's no other way to put it. They just abused Michael Jordan. <laughs> like then Twice. I, had, yeah, exactly. Series. Yeah. Two so that I would, I mean, he was the type of guy that stuff motivated him, but obviously oh, yeah. your body can only take so much. That's just human. For sure. Like I like I think when he faced the Celtics earlier in his career, they didn't beat him up. He just got beat by, you know, Larry Bird, exactly. you know, Danny Ainge, uh, uh who oh, who else was it? Uh uh coach of the Mavericks. It's Rick Carlisle, uh who had who had that face uh, and he was kind of like uh oh, yeah, 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 yeah. when yeah. he when he dropped sixty three or whatever yeah. against the against the Celtics. Like they just got beat that time by a better team. They didn't have Pippen at that time. Jordan was just having to carry uh, you know, his team, but they just got beat by a better team. And, you know, Jordan didn't, didn't feel like I, like he needed to hit the weight room uh, because he didn't feel like he got physically abused. He just got outskilled almost. And not to say that the Pistons didn't have skill by any means. That's not what I'm saying at all, but I'm saying they relied a lot more on their physicality. And that basically after getting, you know, beat by the Pistons, uh, you know, two years in a row, they, the, the bull, he and the bulls, they showed up to that damn weight room and they, and they were, you know, hitting that bench press, hitting those, hitting those lap pull downs, hitting those uh, overhead presses, like those compound lifts, those squats, basically just trying to get big and strong and uh, to be able to what they, what they refer to as, I want to get, I want to dish out that punishment. I'm sick of taking it. I want to dish it out. And they beat the Pistons 4-0 after they came out of that weight room session and faced them again in the conference finals. And you know, the Pistons had that, uh, had that attitude of, we're just going to walk off the court. We're just not even, we're not even going to shake your hand. And yeah. uh, I remember they showed the, the uh, Isaiah Thomas explaining why he did that to Mike. And Mike was like, I don't, I don't even care what you show me. 
Exactly. Nothing, it doesn't there's matter. nothing exactly. that's going to change my mind about what I think about Isaiah Thomas. Exactly. He's probably going to say, oh, I should have done it. And that was this, that, and the other. And, you know, basically Isaiah said, you know, at the time, that's, that's just not what you did when you lost basketball games. That's not what you did. You didn't go and shake. And, but they show that's footage of that. Yeah. Exactly. Because they show footage of Mike shaking hands with the, the Pistons uh, after they beat him twice. Yeah. So, I mean, take, take that information and do it with it, uh, what you will. But I think the point of the matter is, is that once Jordan was able to withstand that physical beating, the Pistons didn't stand a chance. No, a hundred percent. I agree with you. Well, yeah, the Isaiah Thomas part, I'll say Isaiah Thomas was wrong in my opinion, big time, but Jordan's got to let it go. But I guess it doesn't really matter. Okay. Well, this is the thing. Nothing I'm from the U S Olympic team. Like that's let it go. And even they they touched on that. They touched on that. I, I think Jordan said, like, he, like, again, pro Jordan doc. He's obviously going to say, I didn't have anything to do with that. That wasn't my decision. There's a lot of, there's, and he, it wasn't just him, right? There's a lot of people in that team that didn't get along with the Pistons because of how much, you know, a lot, just, be, just because Jordan felt the way he did about, you know, being bullied and all that stuff and getting beat up. A lot of these other players felt the same. But also, I forget, Pippen was on that team. Yeah, nobody Dark. likes getting beat. And Barkley was on that team. He didn't like it. I'm sure Larry Bird wasn't a fan of that fan of that crap either. And there's some other guys probably on that team that didn't like it. And um, yeah, I, I I don't know again if Jordan had anything to do with it. I'm guessing he probably did. Best player on the dream sure. team. He's definitely got a say. Like for it would be sure. tough for me to think he didn't. Have, he doesn't have a say. Uh, so I gotta believe that he had something to do with it. But let me ask you this before we go: Why does Jordan have to let it go? Why? Why does he have to let it go? He doesn't have to let it go. It's just why why do you have to hold a grudge the that's same who question. he is i think that's yeah. what, in this documentary i think that we learned that's who he is the yeah. guy just holds grudges his whole life he's still got a grudge of the varsity team coach that cut him that, oh, yeah, like exactly. they he, he holds grudges for his whole life that's just who the guy is yeah i guess yeah then then have to let it go although yeah the normal people are letting it go but i think we learned very quickly jordan is not, not a normal, normal guy exactly normal. and that's what made him what he is yeah one of, one of the greats exactly yeah all right, I think we touched on just about everything. Uh, Nick, th- thanks for joining me. Uh, I think we both, in- it's fair to say, we both enjoy this documentary tremendously. I think it's, uh, I think it's a good piece of, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it's a good piece of information for those who didn't watch Jordan in his heyday like we did. I think we learned a lot. And I also think that we have a, uh, a healthy amount of skepticism for the angle and the, uh, the narrative that's being fed to us while understanding there's, this is a Jordan angle, right? Exactly. There's also... There's also probably a bird angle and a, you know, and a Barkley angle. And, you know, Carl Malone wasn't in this documentary at all whatsoever, which was kind of interesting. Well, he's Um, kind of a piece of crap. So I see why they wouldn't want him. Oh yeah. Well, well, Carl Malone actually was very sportsmanlike. He was sportsmanlike, but like. I I get it. The 14 year old, we're not going to get into that. I got it. I I got it. We we don't have to get into that. (laughs) But, uh, um, but yeah, again, so we're seeing the Jordan angle here. I'm sure there's an angle from others. Um, you know, who don't have a vested interest in making Jordan's, you know, image look good um, that maybe want to speak out and speak on Jordan's stories that, you know, maybe he, maybe we're in there and he just said, Nope, cut it. Doesn't fit my image. Yep. Exactly. You just don't know, right. Of like what did and didn't get seen. Jordan Um, could have been in the editing booth the entire time. We don't know. He definitely was to me. He he definitely was. He has final say on this whole thing, you know, in my opinion. So, um, but yeah, overall, I liked it. I like that we got Jordan's angle. I think we, I think we end this with a, uh, a healthy amount of skepticism, but also a newfound appreciation for what Jordan was like in the 90s and what made him so great and what uh, made him what most considered uh, the greatest 
of all time. Although I'm still not going to dive into that debate because I, yeah. even though I still don't know enough about uh, everything to actually entertain that debate. I've seen exactly. LeBron, but I still, I'm still not going to say that I've seen Jordan. I don't think I'm that, I don't think I'm that this documentary basically uh, qualifies guys like us who didn't watch Jordan as prime to basically say, okay, yeah, I know a Jordan now. made I, documentary. Yeah. I, I know, I know everything I need to see. I've seen all the Jordan footage. Now I've watched the games. I've yeah. watched the highlights. I am a Jordan expert. And I am going to tell you that Jordan is better than LeBron or LeBron no, is better than Jordan. Right. No, ex- exactly. no, no, not allowed. Not allowed. You, you basketball uh, wannabes. That is not allowed. Yeah. Uh, you need to learn more, watch more, and yeah, we're not even going to get into that. But nonetheless, thank you, Nick. I appreciate you joining me for this one. Uh, thank glad you. that you were thank able you. to talk to me about The Last Dance. And uh, yeah, maybe uh, I'll have you on again to talk about uh, when we can expect the NBA season to get started again, because uh, I think we've got some steps forward in the right direction that we yeah. might want to talk about quite soon. So sure. uh, maybe we'll have you back on for that as well. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you, Nick. Thanks again. Uh, please uh, go ahead and uh, subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, iTunes, whatever. Uh, the YouTube page, uh, search Derek Terrio or Iso Ball Podcast, and then Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all Iso Ball Pod or Iso Ball Podcast. You'll find it. And uh, yeah, I'd appreciate it if you uh, give us a, give me a sub, give me a look. Appreciate it, guys. Till next time. Peace.